Hi, I'm Danny Simon, and I lead the New Life Fellowship Church here at Manipal. I'm so glad that you tuned in with us today to listen to our audio podcast. Do subscribe so that you can tune in every week. You know, I believe that a spoken word can change lives, and my prayer and my hope is that as you listen to today's message, it will change your life as you know it. Enjoy the message. So, are you ready to listen to God's word? Come on, I need some energy today, okay? And uh, the reason I'm saying this is because, again, uh, we are in the midst of a series. I'll get back to all of that, okay? But uh, I was not really looking forward to today's message. Imagine that, okay? The preacher saying that, you know, you yourself are not excited about your own message. I, I said that, okay? I was not looking forward to today's message, okay? Because a lot of reasons, and I'll tell you that in a moment, but, um, you know, this, this week has been good. It's been bad. I mean, it's a mix of, you know, everything that's been happening this last week. But God really, you know, began to unfold this word into my heart Friday and yesterday and even this morning. All right. So I'm really excited about today's message. Okay. And uh, again, am I excited about the series? I don't know if I should be. All right. How many of you remember, you know, what series that we're looking at since the last two weeks and today? Anybody? Disappointment in God. Okay, this is a series that we started two weeks ago. And um, uh, like I said, you know, let me, let me ask this question again up front. Any one of you can say boldly this morning that yes, I have been disappointed in God. Anybody? I can raise up both my hands. Time and time again, all right? Time and time again. Right from the time I was in college. Okay? I mean, you know those exams, right? I mean, some of you are still dealing with those, right? I mean, I used to hate exams. Anyone like exams? No? Okay, this is one. <laughs> I used to hate exams, okay? And you know, one of the, the only time I think I would ever pray was during my exams. Why? And what would I ask, you know, God to do in my exams after I write my exams? That too. God, somehow, somehow, please help me pass my exam. That's all. I don't want good scores. I don't want to be at the top of the list because I'm tired of, you know, being at the bottom of the list and that's where I used to always be. So I've been disappointed in God and I'm sure all of us have been disappointed in God at some point, you know, because man, maybe, you know, there were things that you were praying for. Maybe there were things that you were hoping for. Maybe you were hoping that, you know, God would do something in your lives, but that never happened. And you're waiting on him and you're hoping that, man, this would really turn around. This would really, you know, be an amazing testimony. How many of you have done that with God? God, if you do this in answer to my prayer, I believe this would be an amazing testimony for you. We've done all of those things and yet we have not seen God move the way that we thought he should. Let me just do a quick recap, you know, for all of us uh, who's joining us with, you know, here for the first time, okay. We looked at, you know, very specifically two true truths, okay, which I want to put up, okay. Um, one of the first truths, you know, that we looked at, you know, over the last two weeks is, um, can you put up the first statement? The first statement, statement. Okay, yeah. Disappointment is the gap. Disappointment is the gap that exists between your expectation and reality. Can I say that again? Disappointment is that gap that exists between your expectation. You were hoping things would turn out this way. You were expecting that God would move in answer to your prayers. If you're a Christ follower, if you've been praying and asking God for something, you're believing that God would do something in relation to you know, what's going on. Maybe it could be with your exams. Maybe it could be with your parents. Maybe, hey, guess what? If you're in a relationship, maybe it's, you know, with your boyfriend or girlfriend. I don't know. Maybe you're hoping that, you know, something would happen this way. But when reality struck, it was a huge disparity. You know, it was like expectation was somewhere there, but your reality is somewhere here. And you're wondering, hey, what just happened? Disappointment is that gap between that expectation that you're hoping would happen and your reality of what really has happened. That was one of the truths that we looked at, okay? We also saw this, okay? Uh, this we saw in, you know, the first week. We saw this, your disappointment that you go through might actually be a divine appointment from Him. What if, you know, the disappointments that you're going through in life is a very good reason for you to run back into the presence of God? Take those disappointments, take everything that you're struggling with and bring it back to the Lord and say, Lord, Lord, why aren't you doing something about the situation in my life? Why aren't you doing something the way that I'm hoping that you would do? Because here's the truth I know about you. Maybe I don't know you very personally, but I'm sure I know this truth about you. You all have plans, don't you? I mean, come on. The only reason you're in Manipal 
Come on, you young people. Why are you here in Manipal? Because you have plans. Because you know, you're hoping that, you know, man, this degree that I'm doing in this place is going to take me places. Come on, don't, 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 don't give me that like, no, 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 no. I'm just here for the degree. Of course not. You, you're hoping that, you know, things would turn out the way that you're expecting. But what would happen if it does not happen that way? And I'm telling you, what if it's a possibility that those disappointments that you've gone through is possibly God's way of saying, that, listen, I want you to come back into my presence. I want to speak to you. I want to, you know, minister to you. There are times, you know, when we feel like quitting. There are times when we feel like, you know, we just want to walk away from God. Man, I was hoping God would do this for me, but God didn't. Enough of God. All right. This is what, you know, we've been looking at the last two weeks. And one of the things, you know, what, what I really was fascinated by how God took us through the series was, you know, God was giving us, I believe, snippets. Okay. Pictures of, you know, men of God in scripture, what they did when they went through disappointment in life. You know, week one, we looked at John the Baptist. John the Baptist was disappointed in Jesus. And we saw, you know, how John the Baptist dealt with that. We saw last week about Elijah. Elijah was disappointed in God and he came to a place where he said, you know, enough is enough. I'm going to quit. I've done all these great things for you, God, and this is how things are and I, had, I can't take this anymore. All right. I believe, you know, the first week John the Baptist was asking God, why? Why did this happen to me this way? Why am I here in this prison cell? Why is, you know, things not working out the way that I thought it should? Elijah, I believe he was saying this. He was saying, you know, enough is enough. I quit. I can't handle this anymore. You know, disappointment is so much in me that I cannot handle this anymore. God, I want to choose to walk away from everything. All of us, you know, I believe have asked these similar questions to God. All of us, you know, have come into the same positions where we have said that, man, God, I don't understand why. Why is this happening? And there are times, you know, when we said, God, enough is enough, I quit. And today, you know, and uh, let me just say this again before we go into today, all right? Every message again is out there on the audio podcast. Please go back and listen to it if you missed it. Okay, because I pray and I believe that, you know, it should speak, you know, life into disappointment if that's something that you're going through. And hey, is anyone who's here who's never experienced disappointment? You never experienced disappointment? Eh, Pastor, I don't understand. What are you talking about? Okay, if you never experienced disappointment, I have a prophecy for you, you will. Pastor, that's not very encouraging. I know, but it's just going to happen, okay? And one of the commonest threads, okay, that we looked at last week, this, I mean, you know, the week before that, and even this week, is this. John the Baptist chose to take his disappointment back to God. Elijah chose to take his disappointment back to God. The person, you know, that we're going to look at today, all right, is maybe, you know, not someone that you're very familiar with, Maybe, you know, he's not a person whom you have heard being preached if you've been, you know, attending churches for a while. Maybe he's not a person whose life yet you've heard preached at all. Some of you, you might be thinking, is there even a person like that in scripture? Okay. The life of, you know, whom I want to see today, who had experienced, you know, disappointment with God, his name is Habakkuk. Has anyone heard of this name before? Really? All of you have heard of Habakkuk? Yeah? Wow, that's, that's surprising. Okay. And, you know, let me say this. You, know, you should be excited about today's message for one reason. Okay? Habakkuk has only three chapters. All right? It was only three chapters. And, you know, today we're going to look into the life of Habakkuk. So, we're going to actually do an entire book of the Bible today. So, you should be excited. You know, when I, I got to, you know, read a whole book of the Bible, you know, in church this morning. They turned to the person and said to them, you know, you know, praise God, you're going to finish an entire book this morning. Go ahead and tell them that. Okay, you're going to finish an entire book of the Old Testament this morning. You know, why I'll not forget Habakkuk, let me tell you this. All right. Um, like I said, you know, I started attending church way back in 2004. Okay. And the only, you know, book that I knew existed in the Bible. Any idea what that book might be? Psalms, yeah. Psalms, Psalms was the only book that I knew that existed in the Bible. And, you know, today, praise God, you know, we have a television set and we have powerpoints and we have all of those things but back in those days you know we didn't have all those things we had the old-fashioned bible all right so the pastor would say the scripture and then we would have to you know turn you know to that scripture and i'll not forget you know that one sunday when our pastor was speaking you know from the book of habakkuk and you know the first time i heard that name itself i'm like haba what 
wait, is there even a book like that in the Bible? And I'm surprised, you know, you, you guys are much better than me because I never knew that a book like that even existed in the scripture. Okay, and he said, Habakkuk, turn to, you know, Habakkuk so and so. And I'm like, okay, man, Habakkuk, where is that coming? And I'm like trying to flip through pages of scripture. Then I'm like, you know what? There's an index. Let's go to the index. I went back to the index to try to figure out where Habakkuk is. And by that time, somebody had already picked up Habakkuk. They've already read the verse and the pastor has gone up two scriptures ahead. Why am I saying this? Because, you know, it was, it was so, you know, this for me that, man, I never even knew such a person in the Bible existed. I never even knew that. And I remember, you know, that was like a big inspiration for me that time. To go back and at least know, you know, what the books of the Bible were. I went back and I, you know, just, just I mean, I don't know if you've ever done this, okay, in the Bible, okay. I mean, I tell all of you, you know, to read how many chapters? Come on, you're embarrassing me if you don't say five, yeah, thank you very much. At least read five chapters, you know, every single day. And I remember, you know, going through just the index. You know, for the next one week, I was like trying to just memorize the books of the Bible. Why? Because man, you know, I wanted and there was, you know, this is, this is, this is, you know, what I used to be, okay. There was this girl in the church, okay. I mean, amazing girl, okay, we, we were all, you know, good friends and all of those things. But there was one thing I did not like about her. You know what that was? She would always be the first, you know, to get to that scripture verse. Every week, every week. And I'm like, today I'm going to beat her, you know, today I'm going to beat her. So I'll be ready, you know, with my Bible. And the minute pastor says it, and then I'm like, oh man, it's taking too much time. She would have got it, she would have got it. And then before I know it, her voice would be like, you know, she would be just reading it like that. And I'm like, lost again. Wait, wait, we'll, we'll do this, we'll do this. And week after week after week, man, she would do that. One day I went up to her and you know what I told her? How do you do it? She's like, you need to understand, I grew up in a Pentecostal church and this is something that they trained us to do right from the time that we were little children. So this comes naturally for me. One day, one day. And you know, God answered my prayers. Yeah, he did. He brought the mobile phone. I was fast with that. What am I saying? Listen, Habakkuk was a name that I didn't know at all. And Habakkuk was, you know, is this, let me just give you a, you know, a quick introduction to who Habakkuk is. Habakkuk is, you know, one of the minor prophets that's listed out in the Old Testament. He's a minor prophet that was listed in the Old Testament. Now, you need to understand, when I say minor prophet, it's not that he was minor in any way. He's not like a small time prophet, no. He was, you know, used as powerfully as any other prophet in the Old Testament. The only reason, you know, why the, the theologians, you know, the, the Bible scholars, they, they term, you know, his book as a minor prophet is because, you know, there's only three chapters in that. That's why, you know, you have the list of the major prophets, minor prophets. I, I don't know if you've gone through that. Okay, minor prophet is only because, you know, there are three chapters in that. This Habakkuk, you know, he lived and he wrote 600 years before the birth of Christ. Now, there's something very special about Habakkuk. Habakkuk was a prophet, but he was a different kind of prophet. I don't know, I, I don't know if you ever studied, you know, the life of a prophet. The prophets, you know, normally what they do in the Old Testament, anybody? What did they do? What they do is, you know, they try to listen to the voice of God and they become the mouthpiece, you know, to go and tell the people, you know, this is what God is telling you to do or this is what God is saying. Habakkuk was a little different. He was not the voice, you know, that took what God was saying and brought it to the people. He was a voice that took the voice of the people and brought it to God. You know what he did? He began to speak to God on behalf of the people. He, you know, come, came to a place where, you know, things were really bad. You know, he was in Judah. Judah was, you know, in corruption. It was in sin. There was a lot of, you know, chaos and confusion. Like what you, you know, hear in the news. There's a lot of stuff that was happening in Judah. And, you know, there was so much of evil that was rising up in that place. And Habakkuk, you know, brought all of those things before God. And he asked the Lord, Lord, why is this happening? I don't understand it. I mean, you're a good God, right? You're, you're not allowed, supposed to allow these things to happen. Why are you allowing these things to happen? And he brought, you know, all of his thoughts, all of his, you know, disparity, all of his discouragement. He brought it before the Lord. And he said, God, these are your people. We are your children. Why are you allowing this to happen? Okay. And, you know, three chapters of Habakkuk, you know, chapter one, two, three, is literally a conversation that takes place between Habakkuk and God. All right. And, you know, I want us to, you know, look at Habakkuk chapter one, okay, verse two to three. This is the opening introduction of the book of Habakkuk, okay. Here's, look at what Habakkuk is saying. How long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. 
or cry out to you violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you, in, why do you tolerate wrong? I don't know if every one of us has come to that place where you question God. God, why are you allowing this to happen? You know, there's so much of injustice. I don't know if, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you've seen these things that's happening around. Okay, maybe even Israel for that matter. And I don't know if you ever come to that place and you've asked the Lord, Lord, why are you allowing, you're a good God, right? You're supposed to make good things happen. These are your people. These are chosen people of yours. You're not allowed, you know, supposed to allow these things to happen. Why, God, are you allowing these things to happen? And that was, you know, Habakkuk's expression before the Lord. And Here's the thing about Habakkuk. Here's why I love Habakkuk. He was willing to be raw and honest about his emotions before the Lord. He was willing to be expressive completely. He's like, God, this is what I'm feeling. And I want to bring it before you just the way I am. I'm not trying to mask my feelings. I'm not trying to, you know, cover up my emotions. I'm going to bring my emotions to you just the way it is. And I'm going to question you just the way it is. You know what Habakkuk means? The word Habakkuk, the name Habakkuk, it literally means, you know, to embrace or to wrestle. To embrace and to wrestle. Here's the thing, the truth I want us to understand about Habakkuk. Habakkuk, you know, was trying to embrace God. He was trying to embrace God. Why? Because he knew who God was, at least to a certain extent. He knew, you know, to a certain extent that this is how God operates. This is what God's word says. This is how God is supposed to be doing. But here's the thing about that disillusioned him the most. Because the God that he knew and what was happening around him did not match. What God was, you know, who he heard God was or who he believed that he knew this is who God is. Somehow, you know, what he knew about God and what God seemed to be doing or what God would seem to be not doing did not line up with his beliefs. And there he was left with disillusionment. There he was left with, you know, a sense of disconnect. Like, man, I don't understand what's happening. And Habakkuk was trying to embrace the God that he knew, but he was also wrestling with God about what he was seeing around him happen. And I want us to ask this question to every one of us this morning. Have you ever been in that place where you thought you knew God? You thought you knew God's word to a certain extent. And you thought, you know, man, if God works or God operates, this is the way that he operates. But yet, you know, when you saw stuff happening around you, when you saw the situation, when you saw circumstances, somehow, man, it, it just did not line up. And you were wondering, is this really, you know, God or is this the devil or is this, you know, I just can't make head or tail of what's going on. Habakkuk was in that place. He couldn't make out. He couldn't understand it. Now here's a question that I want to ask you. Is it okay to question God at any point? Is it okay to you know, come raw before God and say, God, I don't understand you. Your word says so and so. I don't know if you've ever done those kind of prayers. Huh? You take God's scripture out, okay, and you say, God, your word says that you should heal and I should not be experiencing sickness. So Lord, I speak healing over my body in Jesus' name, but the sickness never left. I don't know if you ever come into a place where you said that, you know, God, I believe, you know, that, you know, that, that job opening that is there, you know, I believe that job opening is for me and I'm praying for it. I'm believing it, Lord. And I'm, I'm asking you, Lord, open those doors, but somehow it doesn't open up. And you claim up all the scriptures, you claim up all the promises of God. God, your word says, you know, this, 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 and then it doesn't happen. I don't know if any one of us has come into a place where we've been so disappointed and we've been asking the Lord, Lord. I don't understand you. I thought I knew you. I thought, you know, I knew your ways. But somehow this is not the way I expected things would happen. Habakkuk was in a similar place where he reached a place of disappointment. Like I said, you know, over the last two weeks, and I want to say that again. Listen, what is disappointment? Disappointment is that gap that exists between your expectation and what reality is unfolding before you. And that's exactly what he was. And here's the thing. I believe, you know, it's okay to come before the presence of God and to express your emotion. I believe that. I mean, I want you to think about every man of God who's experienced disappointment in the scripture. Think about the book of Job. I don't think any one of us has experienced life, you know, the way that Job you know, has experienced his life. And what did Job do? He went before the presence of God and he questioned God about, you know, everything that was happening. I was okay. You remember the prophet Jeremiah? Jeremiah wrote, a, you know, one book. He wrote two books, literally. You know what the second book that Jeremiah wrote? Apart from Jeremiah, Jeremiah. What was the second book? Anybody? Lamentations. He wrote a whole book of lamentation. What did he do in lamentations? He was lamenting. He's like, 
God, I don't understand you. I don't this why are you doing it this way? This is happening this. I mean, he he kept lamenting this whole book that you know Jeremiah writes, you know, very raw and honest about what he was going through and what he was feeling before the Lord. I believe it is all right to bring your emotions before the Lord. I believe it is all right, it is okay to bring your emotions just as it is before the Lord. You don't have to mask your feelings before God. Oh God, can I say this in your presence? Oh God, you're a holy God. I don't think I should say it this way. Can I tell you, church? It's okay to bring your emotions before God if you're hurting. It is. If you're hurting and you don't understand what life is, you don't understand why things around you is happening the way it is. It's okay to come before the Lord and say, Lord, I don't understand this. Can you please tell me what's going on? It's all right to question God while you're hurting. This is exactly what Habakkuk did. And what I want to do today, you know, from the life of Habakkuk, okay, I want us to, you know, look through three things that I believe we need to do when we're disappointed with God and when we're hurting on the inside. Because this is what Habakkuk did and I believe, you know, that's what we also need to do. So what do you do when you're still waiting for God to do something and he doesn't seem to? What do you do when, you know, man, you're hoping things will turn out this way and it doesn't turn out that way? Here's, you know, three things that I want us to look at. Here's number one. Number one, I believe you need to listen to the voice of God. In the midst of your disappointment, in the midst of your hurt, you need to learn to, you know, bring your ears very closely and be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit, what God is trying to speak to you in those moments. It's important. Look at what Habakkuk does. Okay, Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1. He says, you know, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. I don't know if he was a rhyming prophet, but it rhymes there. I will wait to see what he will say to me. Habakkuk had positioned himself in a place where he wanted to listen to the voice of God. He didn't understand what was happening around him. He didn't have no clue or he couldn't explain things to anybody. I mean, think about it. I don't know if he, you know, anybody, any people came up to Habakkuk and said, Habakkuk, you're the prophet. You know, what is God saying? I don't know if anybody came and asked him questions like that. But Habakkuk had decided that, you know what, I don't understand what's going on, but I'm going to position myself in such a way that I'm sensitive to listen to what God has to speak to me. And you know what the, the, what the, what the, what the most difficult part of this point is? It's not easy to do, is it? I mean, think about those moments when you were hurt the most. You don't want to, you know, listen to anybody or anything when you're hurting so badly or deeply inside. Isn't that true? Many times, you know, when you're hurting on the inside, what do you want to do? You just want to either vent out or remain in silence. Isolate yourself, you know, from everybody else. Why? Because you want to just be by yourself in those moments. But I'm telling you, church, the most important thing that you can do when you're hurting on the inside is to come into the presence of God and, you know, open up your ears and listen to what God has to say. I want you to think about, you know, the times that you pray. When you pray, do you talk more or does God talk more? Think about all the times that you spend in time in prayer. Isn't it true that when we are in prayer, that we do most of the talking? Think about it. I mean, God, I have a prayer list. This, 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 this. Do it, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. How many times have we been in the presence of God and said, God, you know what? I'll, I'll shut my mouth, you speak. And just remain silent in the presence of God, waiting to listen to what He has to say. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll not forget, you know, I, I learned uh, the importance of listening, okay, years, you know, before when I had just gotten married. <laughs> Um, I'm a dentist, you know, by profession, that's my other profession, okay, and um, my wife, you know, she's a psychologist and she was working at the time, she was teaching, you know, in a college, okay, and and um, one of the things, and we didn't have kids, you know, when we just got married and we had, I mean, you know the story, I've told most of you that testimony, right, we didn't have kids for quite a while, and, and I remember, you know, every time um, I finish my work and I come back, you know, the first thing that I love to do when I come back from home after work is to just sit down, all right, and sip on coffee or tea and, you know, maybe have some snacks and just, you know, just, just dewind, you know, or unwind, you know, what's happened the entire day. And most of the time when I'm doing that, I would like to either watch a sitcom or, you know, some com something, you know, just to, just to, you know, get that thing. 
And I remember, you know, that one evening when I came back home, I was dead tired. I had a lot, seen a lot of patients that day. I came back, I was dead tired. And, you know, and, and she brings my tea, she brings my snacks. And I'm sitting and I'm totally engrossed in some sitcom that I was watching that day. All right. And she comes and sits right beside me and she starts talking. Okay, she, she's talking about her day. I mean, she's just, you know, her, her work had gotten over much earlier. So she came back and she started talking about what happened at her workplace. And she's talking. And then she's like, okay, are you listening? I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and I, I'm, I'm doing that all right throughout, okay? And then suddenly, I don't hear anything. And then I'm like, okay. And I look at her. I, mean, I realize, you know, she stopped talking like almost five minutes back. Are you done? I mean, <laughs> and then she looks at me and she asks me this question. You didn't hear a word that I said to you, did you? I said, no, no, I, I was listening. Okay, tell me what I said. Uh, that was the first lesson I learned in marriage. You need to be make sure that you listen to your spouse, you know, no matter what you're doing. You got to put everything else aside and make sure you listen to your spouse. Okay, that's, that's less one-on-one -on -one from me, you know, when you get married, okay? But I'm just saying, listen, it's important to come into that place where you're willing to listen, where you tune out everything else, where you, you know, stop being distracted with everything that you're doing and say that, Lord, I want you to speak so that I can listen to what you're saying. Too many times, you know, when we come into the presence of God, we're so distracted by the things that is there happening in our lives our situations, our circumstances and we take all of these things before God and it's good that we take it before God if you do that. But it's also important, you know, as you take them to the Lord, it's important, you know, to spend some time out and say that, Lord, I've been speaking so much, now I'm going to shut up, I want you to speak to me. It's very important to learn to listen to the Lord, especially when you're hurting on the inside when you seem to be completely disappointed with everything that is happening around you. This is why, can I tell you, church, this is why it's so important for us to understand, hey, I, 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 it's important, you know, to read God's word every day. I've said this, you know, often time and time again. I keep telling you that every time you meet me. Listen, it's important to take up scripture just the old-fashioned way. Open up your scriptures and read those chapters every single day because God can speak to you through his word. He can. God can speak through, you know, through a message. God can speak through you through a worship service. He can speak through so many single ways. But the only question is, just like Habakkuk had positioned himself to listen to what God had to speak. Have you positioned your heart? Have you positioned your spirit to listen to what God had to say to you? And many times, you know, we're so clouded. We're so, you know, things, so many things that's happening. We don't have, you know, a listening ear to what God has to say. Many of us, you know, we are in that place where I was when I was trying to, you know, when she was trying to speak to me. She was speaking, but I was so distracted, I was so consumed with what was happening in my, you know, around me, that I didn't really hear what she had to say. But here's something that I want us to remember also. Maybe, you know, you're saying, Pastor, I've done that. I've tried to be sensitive to what God is trying to speak to me. I've tried to listen to what God is trying to say to me, but God seems to be silent. And can I tell you, there are times, yes, there are times when God will be silent. There are times, you know, when you might feel like, man, God is not saying anything. And you might wonder, why is God not speaking? But here's the truth that I want us to remember. God's silence doesn't mean that he's absent. God's silence doesn't mean that he's absent, doesn't mean that he's not doing something behind the scenes, doesn't mean that he's not at work, doesn't mean that, man, he's thrown a deaf ear towards you and so that, you know, man, you know what, you just struggle the way that you're struggling and you just be where you are, no. He is working behind the scenes even though he may not seem to say anything audibly. God's silence doesn't mean he's absent. And here's another thing, you know, that when, he, when God speaks, he might say something that you don't want to hear. Can I say that again? I don't think you heard that word. When God speaks, he might say something that you don't want to hear. Habakkuk, you know, look at what God told Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 5 to 7. Okay, we just read, you know, a moment back about, you know, Habakkuk's cry before the Lord. Okay, look at what now God replies. Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 5 to 7. The Lord replied, look around at the nations. Look and be amazed. For I am doing something in your own day. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that like a promise verse that you would like to, you know, maybe frame and keep it in your house? Amazing, right? The first part of that. 
and he says you know he goes on to say for i'm doing something in your own day something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it wow god thank you finally you're doing something you know the way neither i'm hoping that you would and then you know god flips it around god you know brings the climax i mean if you're watching a movie i mean you know what a climax is it just turns the whole story all around and look at what god says verse 6 i am raising up the babylonians and i'm assuming you know habakkuk is listening to god and he's like the first part oh god finally god is doing something god is doing something amazing he's saying you know i won't even believe this god what are you going to do i'm raising up the bab- oh what god i'm not sure i heard you right what would you say i'm raising up the babylonians why do why do you think you know why, why do i believe you know habakkuk was you know disillusioned by that look at what he says a cruel and a violent people they will march across the world and conquer other lands they are notorious for their cruelty and do what they like and guess what habakkuk i'm raising them up and i'm bringing them to judah they're going to invade judah they're going to plunder you and i'm assuming you know if i think i was in habakkuk's position here's what i would say and god you want me to be amazed at that really you know i should be amazed at wow and and if somebody were to ask me i'm the prophet if somebody would come and ask me i'm going to say be amazed god is doing something new he's going to raise up the babylonians he's going to come and plunder us praise god amen can you see the disconnect and can you see you know why habakkuk would have been in a place of disappointment or disillusionment man because god you're not a god who can do things like that you're raising up an evil people why would you do that god why would you do something so that's 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 beyond you know what i know about your character verse 5 is amazing but verse 6 is not something that habakkuk was expecting church hear me when i say this sometimes god will speak to you things that you don't want to hear sometimes you know even what he speaks will not make any sense to you and you'll be wondering god why are you why are you doing it this way i mean god can i can i offer you a suggestion god Why don't you do it this way? More testimonies, more stories, your name will be lifted up. I don't know if you ever been in that place where you offered suggestions to God and God, why don't you do it this way and then you know I would be able to really stand up and say that God did this for me. But here's church, here's the truth that I want us to understand. Sometimes God will not do the things that you expect him to do. And God will not do things the way that you want him to do it. I don't know if you remember Paul. Okay, Paul of the New Testament. And there was, you know, there was something in Paul's life that was constantly disturbing him, constantly, you know, pressurizing him and and you know it says that Paul says that he prayed three times, you know, for God to come and take it away. He talks about the stone and I want us to just read that scripture, okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 7 to 9. Here's what he says. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations Paul is writing this a thorn in the flesh was given to me a messenger of satan to buffet me lest i be exalted above measure concerning this thing i pleaded with the lord three times that it might depart from me and he said to me my grace is sufficient for you my strength is made perfect in weakness therefore most gladly i will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of christ may rest in me you know what paul was asking for paul was crying out to the lord Okay three times it says here I'm assuming maybe it's three seasons or right? I mean we don't know exactly what time it is you know that he prayed but three times you know three seasons he might have asked the lord lord this thorn that is there you know it's a messenger of satan and I can't deal with this will you please take it away lord How many of us have come into the presence of god when we were in pain when we were hurting and we asked the lord lord would you take this away from me You know what god's response was No I'm not going to take it away Paul. I'm not going to take it away Paul. But here's the truth that I want you to understand. I'm going to give you my grace. Many times you know what we want from God? We want the power of God to move in our lives. Isn't that not true? We want we pray for the power of God. We pray for the impossible to happen. We pray that you know miraculous doors would be happening. And sometimes you know when we are in a difficult situation, you know what we pray? God, would you please take me out from this difficult situation? I don't like the college where I am in Manipal. Huh. 
I don't like Manipal. I wish I was somewhere else. God, why did you bring me to Manipal of all the places? Lord, would you have brought me to a different college? I mean, you know, from, from outside, I heard Manipal was great, but inside... <laughs> And I wish I could get away from this place, Lord. Why did you bring me? Would you take me away from this place? Would you take this hurt away from me? Would you take this pain away from me? And you know what God says? No. Sometimes the power of God may not be visible in our lives, in our difficult situations. But do you know what is visible? His grace would be very visible in those moments. Sometimes God will not pull you away from difficult situations. But here's the truth that I want us to listen this morning. He will give you the grace that you can walk through it. You didn't hear me, church. Sometimes God will not take away those painful situations from your life. Sometimes you might be crying and Paul was crying out to the Lord, Lord, take this away, take this away, take this away. And I, I don't know if you, you know, if I was in Paul's position, maybe I would have said this to the Lord. Lord, I've done so many great things for you. And I can do more things for you, Lord, if this thorn was not there constantly pulling me down. I believe that I can really do more than what I'm doing even right now. And isn't it true, you know, Apostle Paul, if you read, you know, his life story, he's done more for God than most of the apostles there. He's written almost two-thirds of the New Testament is what they say. He's done amazing. He's taken the beating for God. He was, you know, left dead for almost three times. People thought that he was dead because of all the beating that he took. And still, you know, he pressed on. Still he was willing to, you know, take chains. He was constantly imprisoned, constantly beaten up, all of those things. And I'm, I don't know if Paul had ever come to that place where he said, God, I'm doing all these things for you. I can do more. Would you please take this thorn away from me? And God said, I'm not going to take that thorn away from you. But I'm going to give you the grace to walk through that fire. I'm going to give you the grace to walk through that trial. I'm going to give you the grace to walk through that challenges in your life. Would you believe that I am a faithful God? Here's the thing that I want us to understand. Many times... You know, we come before the Lord and we say, God, I don't understand what's going on. It's painful. It's hurting me so deeply. It's hurting me so badly. Would you take this away from me? And sometimes God will not take away those painful situations from your life. Sometimes God will not remove those disappointments in your life. But he will give you the grace to walk through it. So number one, you know, when we're going through disappointment, when we're hurting on the inside, the number one thing I believe we need to do is we need to learn to listen to it. Here's number two. We need to learn to look back. You know, one of the things that God tells Habakkuk, okay, in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 to 3, here's what he says. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tape tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak. It will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Tarry means you know, it will not take time for it to come to pass. You know what Habakkuk, I mean, God was very specific about his instruction towards Habakkuk. He says, listen, what I'm telling you, I want you to write it down. I want you to write it down. Here's a question, church. How many of you are in the habit of taking notes, you know, when the message is going on? Pastor, don't ask me. I'm sitting right in front of you. <laughs> Here's the reason why. If I were to ask, you know, all of you who were here last week, if I were to ask you, hey, how many of you remember, you know, what was spoken in this church last week? Anybody? Last week? Yeah? Shall I ask you? <laughs> you see, here's the thing, here's the truth, here's what I want us to understand. Many times, you know, we listen to word, we listen to something, and what's the thing that happens the most fastest? We forget. We forget. And God is saying, listen, I've spoken a word to you. I've spoken a revelation to you. Listen, I want you to write it down so that, you know, you will not forget. And many times, you know, we relate it to forget. But do you know there's somebody else at work? Do you know that? Do you know that every time you do something spiritual, God is at work and there's someone else who's also at work at the same time? Do you know who that is? The enemy, Satan. Satan is at work as much as God is trying to deliver. Every time God brings a word to you, the enemy is also at work at the same time. You know, look at, look at what Jesus said. Okay, Luke chapter 8, verse 11 to 12. Here's what he says. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. And look at what happens. Then the devil comes and takes the word out of their hearts. Everything that you listen to from God, every time you're willing to receive something from the Lord, I promise you one person who's trying to snatch it away, one person who's trying to take it away is the enemy. 
every opportunity that he gets to take the word away from you he will take it and why does why does the enemy want to take the why, why does the enemy want to take the word away from you because god's word hear this church god's word is what will sustain you when you're going through a difficult period of time when you remember that this is what god told me was going to happen this is what god's word told me and this is what god's word you know encouraged me at that point of time i promise you when you're going through the most difficult challenging situations in your life the holy spirit will bring that word back to your memory but if you don't write it down you know in your heart if you don't write it down on maybe a piece of paper if you don't write it down in a place where you can constantly keep seeing that again and again look at look at what god says you know why does god say it you know to write the vision down he says you know that he may run who reads it he may run who reads it you don't have to limp you know when you think doing things for god you know what limping looks like this is what limping looks like. he say no 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 i don't want people to limp you know when they read the tab vision when I, what i have told them when they see the vision i want them to run with it i don't want them to walk either i don't want them to limp i don't want to just kind of hope that they make it no i want them to be able to run with it and how do you do that when you allow the word of god to sink in and how do you allow the word of god to sink in when you keep writing it down when you make sure that the word is there embedded completely inside you habakkuk chapter 3 was 1 to 2 look at what it says this prayer was sung by the prophet habakkuk i have heard all about you lord i'm filled with awe by your amazing works in this time of our deep need help us again as you did in years gone by and in your anger remember your mercy habakkuk is looking back and he's saying god this is what you said this is what you did and lord i'm looking back at all of those things that you've done and many times you know god would give you a word and then you know is when you will start walking into those difficult moments in your life and that's when you need to look back at the vision at the you know the word that god has given to you and say that you know god you had spoken to me about this word and this word with what will sustain me through i'll not forget you know when 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 we I have spoken this you know when we heard about our third son Jeremiah okay we we got to know about the fact that he has multiple anomalies when he was you know he was still in the womb fifth month scan multiple anomalies was what was told to us and i remember you know i did not understand why i kept asking the lord lord why why of all the people you know why my child has to go through all of this why does my child have this i told you this before the doctors had told us to abort him but i just couldn't understand why god was allowing this thing to happen i couldn't i questioned god i was raw and honest about my emotions before god and and you know right through the whole thing i did not really hear anything from god i not forget you know i think i've shared this also i have a friend in the us he's a gynecologist you know we were counterparts when we were here in mangalore when we were doing our studies i called him up and i asked him listen is there anything that you can do in the us you know for my child i'm willing to fly my whole family down to the us if there is something that medical you know people can do for my child who's still in the womb and you know what he told me there's nothing you can do you've just got to wait for him to be born and then we need to see what his conditions really are and remember you know i was so broken and i was carrying this so deeply inside of my heart and i i i asking the lord lord would you do a healing and i told you this before you know i took out all the healing scriptures from the bible and i began to pray them over the womb you know every single day both me and my wife we sat we held you know we held the womb and we started praying over our baby and one of the word you know that i not forget when god god gave us you know was from the book of john chapter 1 was chapter 9 was 1 to 3 here's what it says you know as jesus passed by he saw a man who was blind from birth and his disciples asked him saying rabbi who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind and look at what jesus said jesus answered neither this man nor his parents sinned but that the works of god should be revealed in him and i remember you know when i read this word i felt it was like a rhema word that god was speaking to me speaking to both of us as a family over our child that listen it's not because you know some somebody did something wrong or you know there was some sin or something like that this has happened because the works of god is going to be revealed in his life in the days to come and i remember holding on to that word I also was you know I've I've shared this before I was I was praying for healing I was you know my faith was like man you need to believe lord I believe that you can heal my son and we kept praying you know for the next 4 months 9 month pregnancy 5th month we got to know 4 months we kept praying every single day claiming all the healing scriptures in the bible and believing that god would heal our son It did not happen when he was born he still had his problems he still has it till today 
But one thing that has sustained us right through the whole thing was the scripture that one day the works of God would be revealed in him. Church, I'm telling you, the word of God is powerful. When God gives you a promise, it's important to embrace it, hold on to it, write it down somewhere so that when you're going through those challenging moments, when you're in those questionable moments, when your faith is shaken up, you can always look back and say, God, you've spoken this word. I can't see it happen now. I'm not seeing anything going on right now. You seem to be silent, but I'm going to hold on to the word because your word will always come to pass in my life in Jesus' name. That's what he says there, you know. Can you, yeah. Can you go back? Go back, yeah. Look at what he says. The vision is yet for an appointed time, but the end, it will speak. It will speak, church. When God says it will speak, it will speak. Though it tarries, it might seem to delay. It might seem like God is not doing anything at this present moment, but it will come to pass. And that's something that you have to be sure about. So, what do you do when you're disappointed and you're hurt? Number one, you need to listen. Number two, you need to look back. And here's number three. You need to look up. You need to look up. Nothing happens sometimes. You, you hold on to God's word. You know, you're believing God to do something. But it looks like, you know, the situation is just going to get worse and worse and worse. And, you know, it looks like God is not going to do anything about it. You've been waiting for a long time, but nothing seems to be happening. What do you do in those moments? You continue to look up to the Lord. You trust in the Lord despite the circumstances, knowing that he's still on the throne, that he knows what he's doing. Habakkuk 2, chapter 2, verse 4, you know, here's what he says. The just shall live by faith, by his faith. The just, the righteous will live by his faith. What does this mean? You know, you're waiting on the Lord to do something. You don't understand what's happening around you. Everything seems to be, you know, meaningless. And God doesn't seem to be doing anything. God doesn't seem to be saying anything. And you're wondering what on earth is going on. How long should I wait? How long should I endure? How long should I, you know, hope and believe that God is going to do something? And you know what Habakkuk, you know, we learn from the life of Habakkuk. You continue to look up. And he says, you know, the just shall live by his faith. Um, okay. Who should I pick today? Should I pick Ishan or should I pick Benjamin? I keep picking on you all the time, right? Today we'll pick on Benjamin. Is that okay, Benjamin? Can you come up? Let me, let me show you what it looks like. I want to paint, come, 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 stand here. I want to paint a picture, what it should look like spiritually. When you talk about, you know, the just shall live by his faith. Okay. This is Benjamin. Hi, Benjamin. Looks good, right? Come on. Yes or no? He's standing up. You should encourage him. You okay? We ready? Let me paint, you know, what I believe should be a spiritual picture of what it looks like when you talk about the just shall live by his faith. Alright, this is Benjamin. Alright, Benjamin, here's what I want you to do. I want you to look up. Full look up. I don't want you to see anything around you and even at the corner of your eye. Is that okay? This is what it should look like spiritually when you talk about a man who lives by faith. Spiritually, you know, his eye should... You tell me if he's looking down, okay? I'll get him for that. Okay. You okay? Is your neck hurting? Should we get Ishan the muscle man? No? It's okay, right? Okay, fine. You look down for a moment, okay? This is what it should look like. You know, when, when, when we talk about someone who's walking by faith, man, you keep, keep constantly looking up to the Lord. You keep looking up to the Lord. You're not going to spiritually, you know, look at the things that is happening around you. I want you to pay attention to this. All right? So, so Benjamin, I want you to look at, turn around, turn around, around. Face the chairs. Come back, come back, come back. Don't, don't do this thing, okay? Keep looking up. So I want you to picture this. Okay, Benjamin is a young, strong, good-looking guy. Right? Yes. Yeah, thank you very much. Okay. He's a good-looking guy. He's a man, you know, who believes in God. He's a man, you know, who's been walking by faith. All right? He's come to Manipal as his first-year student. 
and he's believing god for great things he's believing god for great things so you know as he walks i want you to walk but i want you to look up okay hold my hand hold my hand okay so so you know god is walking with you in these moments god is walking with you and he's believing and he's god wants you to constantly look at him god doesn't want you to look at you know everything that's around you spiritually so you know as you keep walking you keep looking at the lord you keep looking keep walking keep walking all right and then you know god says you know stop why because there's an obstruction in front there's an obstruction in front now you know i want you to look down here yeah, fine that's fine one sec it's easy for us to see that obstruction there now what would you do if you see an obstruction in front of you benjamin what would you do you see an obstruction in front of what do you do Benjamin is saying he'll walk this side. Why? Because there's an obstruction in front. Now here's the thing that I want us to not miss. This whole message, you know, you can look at this whole scene and you can get what the message is about. He can choose to, you know, walk this side or he's another thing that he can do. He's a man of God. He's a believer. He believes that God can do the impossible. So you know what he does? He prays. He prays and he says, Lord, would you remove that obstruction in front of me in Jesus' name? he's been praying for it for a while but nothing seems to be happening so you know what he does he decides you know i want to go to church and i want to you know ask god to you know to ask the church to pray for me so that this obstruction from my life is removed in jesus name so he's praying he's believing that you know god would just you know simply just take this out from the way so that benjamin can continue to walk in his life you know without an obstruction but you know what sometimes what god does Okay Benjamin you've been praying for me to remove that obstruction but guess what I'm bringing one more He brings in one more obstruction And then you're wondering God I asked you to remove one and now you brought me two What am I going to do now I can't just you know walk around because man everything is obstructed I I doesn't look like I can walk you know around this anymore lord what am i going to do lord lord why have you brought this obstruction in my life why have you allowed this to happen in my life can you can you see the picture church this is what you know spiritually many of our lives look like this is what you know we come before the lord and we say lord lord what do you need to do something about these things in my life but you know can i tell you just like what god told paul you know here's what i believe he says listen i'm not going to remove the obstructions in my life in your life i'm not going to remove the obstructions in your life but you know what as you keep holding my hand as you keep looking up i'm going to you know guide you in a way that you can actually walk through you know those obstructions in your life if you would continue to look up and if you would stop looking at everything around you and if you stop trying to you know do things on your own because you know sometimes the temptation for us is to do things on our own hey man it's easy to remove this chair by my hand right i can do this myself and but the minute you do that there's something else that comes up and there's something else that comes up and you keep wondering man god i've been trying to all these things that i'm trying to do but nothing seems to be working in my life lord lord what am i going to do and god is saying listen my grace is sufficient for you my grace is sufficient for you church can i tell you can you put your hands together for benjamin thanks benjamin Is that all you can do? come on he did a good job right Jesus thank you very much Here's what I want us to understand church The walk of faith is not easy it's not Many times you know instead of looking up we tend to you know look at everything that's there around us and we try in our own strength to try and remove the obstructions try to remove the problems and we rarely wait or depend on God you know to remove the obstructions or if those obstructions were ever meant to be removed I don't know But here's the truth that I knew about God. If I continue to look up to the Lord and I continue to walk spiritually, I don't care what is around me. I don't care about the situations around me. I don't care about the circumstances in front of me. I will be able to walk forward despite the challenging scenarios that might be there. Why? Because God's grace is going to allow me to walk through that. Sometimes here's the thing. When you continue to look up God will continue to remain faithful to you. You know when you read the end of Habakkuk's story, it doesn't end well. Habakkuk's story doesn't end well. The Babylonians come in, they plunder, you know, Judah, and who how did the Babylonians come in? God had raised them up. 
God raised up the Babylonians. They come in. They they destroy Judah. Okay, the people are in corruption. They're in sin. There's so much of evil that's happening around, and it looked like God had abandoned them completely. It literally looked like that. Habakkuk was wondering, you know, chapter one, chapter two. You see that, you know, he was waiting on God. He was asking God questions. He was hoping, and he listened to what God had to say. He did all of those things, but even then, nothing seemed to be working out. And you know what Habakkuk decides to do? Habakkuk chapter three, verse seventeen to eighteen. Here's what he says: Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food. so the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls look at what he says yet i will rejoice in the lord yet i will joy in the god of my salvation it's painful it's hurting and doesn't look like you know god is going to do anything about the situation that i'm going through doesn't look like you know god is going to remove all of these things but i will continue to rejoice in the lord i will continue to joy in the god of my salvation why because man here's something church i want us to remember our god is a faithful god our god is a faithful god maybe you know the 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 thing that's happening maybe nothing is going to change maybe things are going to get worse you know in the time to come i don't know but here's a question that i want to ask you and i want you to think about you know for a moment Is it true that God has abandoned you? Do you feel like God has left you in the midst of everything that's going on? Or are you believing in God and are you going to continue to worship and rejoice in him and joy in him because he is a faithful one? I'm going to close you know with something <coughs> that had happened sometime last year. Like I said in the beginning of today's message, you know, the word Habakkuk means, you know, to embrace and to wrestle. Sometime last year, you know, we had just moved to Manipal and uh, we were just getting used to, you know, the whole place. And my second son, Ethan, you know, he's very bubbly, he's very lively. I mean, some of you know him that well, okay. And and I remember this one time in the in the evening, you know, he was full, you know, on energy and full passionately, you know, he was just jumping in the house. He was just literally jumping up and down, up and down, jumping, jumping. And he kept jumping, jumping, jumping and before he knew it and before he realized what happened, he went and he hit his this part of the forehead, okay, on the edge of the wall. All right? On the edge of the wall. and i'm telling you listen he went in and he rammed his head like this so badly it was a very very deep cut i was you know in the bedroom and i just all i remember hearing was you know this loud howling cry that happened you know in our living room and i came running out to see what happened and next thing i can see ethan's face is completely smeared with blood scary sight to see i promise you it was very scary to see and i remember you know my wife was holding him and you know he sees me and he's crying at the top of his voice with his face is completely you know smeared with blood literally you know a movie scene literally like that but this is real blood it's it's a completely smeared with blood and i remember when he as soon as he sees me walk you know into the living room he you know from his from from her hands you know he looks at me and he literally you know jumps at me and he tries to hug me and i hug him and you know he's not letting me go he's looking at me crying you know like what has happened he doesn't understand it i don't know i mean he's just looking at me continuously crying with blood all over his face and then i took him to the wash basin i washed off his face so the blood is just oozing out and i took him i took him to the bedroom i placed him on the bed i took a lot of you know cotton and gauze or whatever and i kept you know holding it up on his head and all throughout i not i promise you you know what he was doing he kept looking at me he kept looking at me crying and not letting go and he still holding on to me and finally you know, the bleeding stopped and you know we were able to i don't they call it gum yeah something like that they you know they they the 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 one that was opened up they just closed it up like that embracing and wrestling embracing and wrestling and church here's what i want you to hear this morning even as we close I don't know what is it that you're going through this morning. Maybe this last whole week or maybe you know you've been struggling with you know certain things in your life over the last couple of weeks. And maybe the question that you've been asking God is God when will this end? When how long do I have to wait, you know, for you to do something? And maybe 
hear me when I say this. Maybe God will not do anything. At least not the way that you think he should. But will you still continue to worship him? Would you still continue to rejoice in him? Would you still continue to hold on to him, trusting and believing that my God is a faithful God? That really spoke to me. And I pray that it spoke to you as well. I want you to remember this. It doesn't matter what you're going through and where you're at. Our Heavenly Father is always with you. I want to say this. If you need prayer or you want to reach out to us, send us an email or DM us on Instagram. You know, let us know if we can serve you in any way. Just a reminder, don't forget to subscribe so that you can tune in with us again. And I'm really hoping to see you next week.